We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. Freedom itself was attacked this morning by a faceless coward, and freedom will be defended. Make no mistake, the United States will hunt down and punish those responsible for these cowardly acts. Oh, it was nice having a president who was a patriot. Uh, It was nice having a president who was awake, Uh, didn't have to uh, have his nappy time. Didn't have to be kept away from the podium so that his press secretary could break in while he's speaking and say, press conference is over. No more press conference. Cue the band. And then the band starts playing like Biden is some Oscar recipient who talked too long. It's time to go to commercial, Joe. Yeah. Boy, oh boy. Hugh Hewitt said it the other day. There are a lot of things that Hugh says that I'm not 100% on board with. I'm sure there are many things I say that Hugh's not 100% on board with, but he nailed this when he said, we have never been more of a leaderless country than we are right now. Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Yeah, the only thing that is uh, more frightening than an ongoing Biden presidency is uh, a Kamala Harris presidency. So we commemorate 9-11 today because the people who died on that day and the people who have died since that day of 9-11 related illnesses uh, deserve our unwavering gratitude. But it also compels us to take a long look at 9-11 and what came away from that. The best thing about 9-11 was the way it united our country. We were trending toward becoming a very, very partisan country. We had had a very contentious presidential election, hanging chads, Supreme Court decisions, all that. But when 9-11 happened, we did not, less than a year into George Bush's presidency, go, well, you know, if we had Al Gore in there, it'd be... No, that was, there was none of that. It was that we were all Americans on that day. And we were all behind our president. I mean, all is... A more all-encompassing term than maybe is true, but it was most an overwhelmingly big majority of the country, I'd say somewhere over 90%, because we were under attack. We were under attack. And the question that we all had after that was, why do they hate us so much? Right? Why, why do they hate us so much? Now, I ask myself all the time, why do we hate ourselves so much? Not the conservative side of the aisle, but not the Republican side of the aisle. Why do Democrats hate us so much? Why do they paint us in an incorrect way? Why do they paint us as a racist country? Why do they try to shove lies down our throats on everything? Southern borders closed. 
Afghanistan withdrawal was an extraordinary success. The president's doing everything he can to lower gas prices, doing everything he can to lower inflation. Men can be women, women can be men, men can menstruate. I mean, you'll think I'm kidding you. I don't know. I don't I don't know if they've changed it. I'll check. As of Friday, this was still legit, and then it was lampooned over the weekend by uh, many, many people. So maybe Google has changed it since. But a click of the mouse will tell me. They have changed it. (laughs) They have changed it. On Friday, if you Googled, can men menstruate, it was like, a lot of people think that Menstruating is limited to women, but it's really not. Anybody of any gender, on and on and on. Woke nonsense. Now they've changed it. Cisgender men are not born with a uterus and thus cannot have periods. Yes, correct. But they tried to sneak it by us and did for a couple days before they were called out in their wokeness. Where we are now, two decades and two years past 9-11, I thought it was best summarized in a tweet from Sean Davis. Sean Davis is the CEO and co-founder of The Federalist, which you might be able to tell is a very conservative news outlet. And I just want to read you portions of his tweet and tell me he's wrong, because I don't know that he is. In hindsight, 9-11 looks like it might have been the beginning of the end of the American empire. Think about that for a second. When I read it, I was like, no. Don't give Osama bin Laden that satisfaction. Don't give Islamic terrorists. Don't give the idiots chanting death to America, the people rejoicing all over the world when they saw the towers fall. Don't give them that satisfaction. No, that is not true. And then he kept typing, and I kept reading. And I got to admit, it's very hard to disagree with him. He says, in hindsight, 9-11 looks like it might have been the beginning of the end of the American empire. It spawned the worst and most destructive foreign policy in the country's history. The government response to 9-11 birthed the constitutional abomination that is the modern warrantless surveillance state. The Patriot Act enabled the government to weaponize its vast resources against its own people. Bush's failed foreign policy led directly to Obama's presidency and indirectly to Biden's both of which are responsible for diminishing the U.S. at home and abroad, militarily and economically. No question about that. After two failed forever wars that wouldn't have happened without 9-11, our government is now desperately trying to foment potentially nuclear destruction against Russia. Meanwhile, all the massive surveillance powers claimed by the U.S. after 9-11 are being ruthlessly deployed, against American political enemies of the regime via the most insidious censorship industrial complex the world has ever seen. Yeah, over the weekend, we had a, an appeals court ruling that the Biden administration did, in fact, violate the First Amendment in sledgehammering social media companies to censor people about COVID. Sean Davis's tweet continues. And then there's the crippling legacy of debt enabled by America's response to 9-11. Not content to spend trillions on poorly thought out invasions of Iraq and Afghanistan, our leaders spent as thoughtlessly at home, creating insane amounts of new entitlements, Obamacare, Medicaid, while doing nothing to put the country on a sound financial footing. And where are we today? 
the ruling political party is criminalizing its opposition and attempting to throw its top political opponent and his supporters into prison, all under the guise of democracy. He concludes, we generally remember 9-11 as the day that the towers came down. I wonder if historians will look back on it as the day that America started to fall. That's not very incorrect at all, but it's not gone so far that we could not correct the course that we are on. But in order to do that, we are going to have to become a whole lot more humble as a nation, not about our strength in the world. We're going to have to become a whole lot more humble about our own lust for political power. The Democratic Party and the Republican Party, but not to the same extent, has made all kinds of compromises of its ideals in order to annex certain voting blocks that give it unfettered access to power. The Democrats will do anything and everything the LGBTQ lobby tells them to do. They will do anything and everything. The bleeding hearts who want America to throw its doors wide open and welcome anyone from anywhere into our country. We have to get away from the whole histrionic reaction that everything we do is racist or oppressive or extreme. We have to become a whole lot more realistic about who we are and what we're capable of and a whole lot less devoted to ideology like, we are a sanctuary city and we will always be a sanctuary city. Up until the moment we bus people into your city who you have to house and you have to care for. And that no longer falls on Texas or Arizona or someplace else where you will never be. pushing a baby carriage. It's unclear what happened, if the, if the tower collapsed or what, but I think we better get out of this mess, dude. I think we better get out of this. Here comes the smoke. Uh, That is the sound of Fox's live reporting 
<clears throat> on 9-11-2001, Rick Leventhal uh, on the streets of New York City as Tower 2 collapsed. Tower 2 was the first of the uh, two towers to collapse. Uh, it was the second tower hit uh, by an airliner hijacked by Muslim extremists. And we play sound from that day just to uh, pause and commemorate, uh, however briefly, the lives that were lost. And uh, hopefully, uh, I guess my longer takeaway from it would be that it would uh, take us back to a time where we were predisposed to pull together rather than to uh, to pull apart. <clears throat> now, I know that there will be people who will say, well, that doesn't stack up. That attitude doesn't stack up with what is going on regarding the case of the 21-year-old woman uh, who was shot by Blendon Township Police outside the Sunbury Kroger on October the 24th. Uh, because we have in the last few days after the Columbus Dispatch has cowardly identified the officer involved in the shooting in the most cowardly way, of course, not taking ownership of identifying the police officer, but by saying the family and the family's attorney are saying the officer is blank. I mean, could you get more gutless than that? I don't think so. But initially, you know, we heard all the things that would tug on your heartstrings and nobody wants to ever see uh, any person shot while they're at the grocery store. Certainly not a mom, an expectant mother. But the viewpoint put forward by uh, the woman's family and by her attorney has been as store security footage shows a fabrication, an untruth, a lie. She was reported by store security to the two Blendon Township officers who were in that Kroger parking lot to assist someone who was locked out of their car, not to go and hunt down a citizen. They were told that she had been part of a ring stealing liquor from the Kroger store. This was denied by the attorney for her. The attorney's name is Sean Walton, who continues to lie and say that the body cam video is evidence of murder. It is not anything close to that. It is evidence of someone failing to comply with police orders to get out of the car because they want to investigate whether or not she was stealing liquor, as was reported. Sean Walton and others have said that she put the liquor down before leaving the store. That is not true. The body cam footage shows her and two other women in the store going with bags concealed to pull out in the liquor aisle and put liquor into the bags and then in a concerted, orchestrated, planned exit, the three of them leave together. Two got in another car. She got in her own car or the car she was stewarded with taking care of that day. And when police officers went up and knocked on her window and told her to get out, she refused to get out. We told you last week there was a police report from Whitehall about a year before where she was stopped going 50 
nine, I think it was, in a 35, and the officer stopped her and went up the car, and she continued to look at her phone, wouldn't pay any attention to the officers. They told her to get out. She refused to get out. She had to be removed forcibly. They put her in a cruiser. She made comments about how she hates white people. None of this, none of this is to say that she deserved what happened to her. Instead, all of it is to shed light on things that people who represent her interests have said to exonerate her, and the things that they have said have proven to be completely not true, completely false, complete and utter lies. And I always say when people lie to you, there has to be a reason. And in this case, the reason they are lying is because the truth does not paint a flattering picture of her behavior that day or her cooperation with police, which was non-existent in the moment. And she made the purposeful decision to step on the accelerator of her car and try to run the officer who was positioned in front of her car over. And for that, she was shot. A grand jury will determine if that bears charges for the officer, and then if so, a jury will determine whether or not he committed any crime. But what is unquestionably true is that her attorney has lied to you so far about her actions and intentions that day, and that the officers did give her a chance to peacefully surrender to them or allow them to look inside her car and see if she had, in fact, stolen liquor from the Kroger store. Now, it is also being said, and I don't know if this is true or not, that she was committing petty theft. That is a quote from Sean Walton, the attorney. Here's the quote. What is clear is that petty theft does not justify murder and comply or die is not the rule of law in this country. The fact that an unarmed woman was dragged from her car and handcuffed after being shot unjustifiably should shock the conscience of everyone who watches the video and raise further questions about The officer, I'm not going to give the officer's name, intent that day. He intended to kill the woman. I'm not going to give her name either. And that is exactly what he did. Now, Sean Walton is trying to poison a potential future jury pool. He is trying to twist the facts of the day so that he can get a big settlement for the family, so that he can get a big settlement for himself. He's not telling the truth. He's an officer of the court. This is, at at the very least, this is unseemly behavior. For an officer of the court, it might be more than that. He certainly knows what actually happened. He certainly knows there were liquor bottles in the car. And I don't know what she had in her possession in terms of liquor at the time. But the standard for petty theft in Ohio is $1,000. She could have easily had 10 bottles of liquor in her car. And if that is in concert with the other two women and they each had 10 bottles in their car, then it would exceed the limit for petty theft.